0: You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Manichi. Welcome to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Manichi. We are excited to talk to you as part of episode 66 about activities we are loving in the music room. All right. So hi, Katie. How are you? Hanging
1: in there. How are yeah, you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. So yeah, Katie and I have been teaching as we record this, we have been teaching, uh, we've had seven teaching days Uh, and we had some, you know, professional development meetings before that, but yeah, seven teaching days. So I thought it would be good first to talk about what our situations look like this year. So Katie, what does your situation look like?
1: Well, after seven years of traveling and 10 years without my own space, I have one building. So... That is awesome. I'm really enjoying that part of it. So just getting to feel like I have a home is fantastic. And I'm in the elementary school that even though we just opened a new elementary school, ours is the highest capacity right now. Like we are over hundred percent capacity, (laughs) but it's a place that I've traveled to before and I know the people well, and it feels like home. So it's crazy there, but a good crazy
0: yeah. And you were there full-time last year. And that, yes. That, so
1: yeah, that the teacher who had been there for a long time chose to do the virtual option of teaching and then left education at the end of this past year. She retired from education and now she's coding. Yeah. yeah she was really happy. So I'm happy too. Cause I get to have a home. Yeah. That's great. And you,
0: Um, Okay, so last year, as many of you know, because I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, I was virtual all of last year. So I returned to in person teaching this year. So I went back to the building that I've been at for many, many years. Yeah, so it's been good to be back. And then the uh, Nathan, the, the teacher who taught K-5 for me last year while I was doing what we call CDL or committed distance learning mm-hmm. last year. He is my traveler and then he travels to two other buildings. So it's really nice to have him back at the building and be able to pick his brain about, you know, the way he, he did things last year. But it's been a learning curve for me because like all of you who were in-person teaching last year, even if it was hybrid or you're doing room and Zoom or whatever you're doing, you probably were much more used to being socially distanced, being masked, having all of those regulations in place. And so I have had to call Katie many times, um, (laughs) asking her questions about how did you do this? And how did you do that? And I had to think about like, really how to set up my room. So in our school district, okay, so for the first two days, masks were strongly recommended, but were not required. Now, after the second full day of teaching, they are now required, although some students have filled out mask exemptions. So they're thank goodness exemptions, but yes, they are required. So that was kind of difficult for me because, well, I think for everybody, because like last year, all of the students were masked. And then the first two days we had to think about what can we do and what can we not do because they're wearing masks. So like I started off the year thinking I'm not going to sing at all because not all of the students are masked. Correct. And so in the first two, you know, the first two days of lessons, I had no singing. So I was really grateful when they required the masks because now I can do some singing. I'm definitely not doing as much singing as I typically do, but I'm doing a little sure. bit here and there. So that was really nice to have that option, you know, because singing is great, but we just want to make sure it doesn't spread in the air. So i Correct. That was definitely a challenge and just figuring out, you know, how to set up my room. So,
1: you know, I, I would imagine a lot of your listeners are probably dealing with this same feeling, but, and you and I have already talked about this, but even though I taught in person last year, the majority of that was in a hybrid scenario. So it's still really jarring to go from 14 kids in, in my average hybrid class to up to 30 now and trying to find room for them. So I feel like a lot of my energy, my limited resource is being used, making executive decisions constantly about whether or not kids are far enough apart and yes. it's still exhausting, you know, because now we're being asked to quote unquote, go back to normal, but there's nothing normal about it. Yeah. So,
0: you know, this is just really, it's an exhausting thing. Yeah. Even things like I just thinking about different scenarios in my head about like, okay, how am I going to have them sit in my room? I think I should have them sit in rows, but I always sit mm-hmm. them first grade in a circle. So can I set up a circle? So it's three feet apart and it's socially distanced. And it's funny because I actually did make a washi tape circle on my floor and then with the first two kindergarten classes and then I was like no I think rows are the way to go because like just trying to look at the seating chart even though I had a circular seating chart and trying to figure out which kid was which it's so much easier to see where they are when they're in rows you know I agree I agree yeah so and like I you know Katie and I both got a cricket which was really fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) we made our sit spots are yours holding up okay they're holding up okay the kids are starting to pick at them already yeah have you noticed that yeah I have a couple that someone definitely was, they were digging their thing uh-huh, uh-huh. on the ground, but it doesn't look like a treble clef or a forte or whatever it is. Cause we both did, you did like musical symbols too, right? I did as well.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking for those little moments that I can like make things and just enjoy that. I made them or yeah. just little joyful things to break up the, yeah. The thought stress yes.
0: <laughs> that we're all under. Yeah yeah I think overall I'm really happy with the cricket spots but yeah I might need to yeah I
1: went ahead and made extras of each one because I sort of color-coded them as well and I just have them off to the side because I'm like okay they're probably not all gonna go at once right (laughs) you know yeah so if most of them can last at least a month right hopefully a quarter yeah then as the ones you know that somebody started picking at then it becomes like A challenge, right? So I'm like, those are going to go first and I'll have one ready to go. So it won't ever be as hard as that first time laying them all down. Yeah, I have the kids in three circles, like a bullseye, basically. I would love
0: to see a picture of that.
1: I can take a picture of it. I, I've taken some pictures, but not like an aerial view where you can really see it. Yeah. And it is a little bit harder to keep track of, but it allowed me to keep K through two in a circle for the most part. Yeah. And then the older kids, I just basically treated it like rows because they do still kind of line up like rows too. Okay. So I'm not in love with it, but it allowed me to keep that circle for the younger grades. Yeah. So I'm going to live with it for a little while and see how I feel about it. But I, one of the th- things... things that I really leaned on was movement and folk dance mm-hmm. with variations so they didn't touch. But you know, I think that big outer circle is still gonna really serve me well. So see. even with the older grades. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how, how I live with it. Yeah.
0: And I will um in the show notes, which you can find by going to Mrs. slash podcast and then clicking on podcast sixty six, I will put a link to some videos I made of how I made it with the cricket and what it looks like and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, that's worked well. But yeah, I I would love to see a picture of yours too.
1: I'll try to get an aerial view. I'll stand in a
0: chair or something tomorrow morning. (laughs) Very cool. All right. And also something that's been a little bit tricky for me is that about half of our population is brand new to our school
1: Mm
0: -hmm. because of redistricting. And yeah, and like kindergarten, obviously that's all brand new. So last year I had like some students from my building, but then kids from all over the school district. And then this year it's like I am having some students who were like, yeah, I had you last year, which is great. And I even had one who, I actually have had a few who went to a different school and are now at at my building and are like, I had you for music class. So that's really cool too. That's cool. Get like, usually learning the names is not as big of an issue for me because Mm -hmm. I know hundreds of the kids, right? Yes. Now it's like with fourth and third, fourth and fifth grade, I know a lot of their names, but like the students who are new or K through pretty much K through two, yeah. Cause I didn't teach them in kindergarten. I wasn't there. right. Yeah. That would have been the last group I had Yeah, current second graders I had in kindergarten. I'm also they're all brand new to me. So that's been right. Like having them in rows has been helpful for me because yes, I for sure. directionally challenged. So to try to look at a circle seating chart and figure out where they are, I'm like, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, no. no, no.
0: All right. So in this episode, we are going to talk about activities we're loving. So I thought we would start first with like lower elementary, like kindergarten through second grade. Katie, what are some activities that you're loving?
1: Well, I used to be a We Joy Sing teacher, which is similar to kinder music, but it was a, a regional program here in Ohio that was run by a good friend of mine named Joe Kirk. And I use a lot of her like pre school mm-hmm. activities in those first few months of kindergarten. And even first grade, I'll bring them back because I think her classes now, typically if I was teaching, Oh, we just in class way back, then the parent would have been with the child. So we're talking like three, four-year-olds, right? Mm. But, you know, I thought about it as I came back to teaching in the classroom, because I took a couple of years off when my daughter was born. And when I was coming back to the classroom, I realized, well, you know, some of those skills need to come back now that their parent isn't there to support them. So some of those old lessons and activities about like, just moving around the room without bumping into each other, have become like a huge part of my kindergarten and first grade year start. So one of them is like this sweet little song. I'm walking, walking, walking. And it's similar to like a Hey Buddy Martin. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: with all the dots on the floor, they start in a circle. And it's been a great way for them to practice getting back to their dot eventually. So I make a silly sound to break up the song. And whenever they hear that silly sound, like I usually sing beep, beep, beep. And then as soon as they hear that sound, they have to find a dot nearby. Okay. And then maybe instead of walking, they'll be hopping or they'll be marching, and then they make their way eventually back to their own dots. So it's a way for them to safely still be distanced and then practice like getting back to their spot with that yeah. spatial awareness in mind. So I've been really leaning on that because a lot of our kids are just not used to navigating each other anymore, you know? Yeah. So so definitely happy to bring that one back. And it's just so joyful. The kids get excited when they hop on a dot. Yeah. Do you um, have a notation for that? I do somewhere. I can definitely. And if I can't find it, I'll just quickly notate it for you and send it your way. But it just... Yeah. It's so cute. It just goes, I am walking, walking, walking. 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 And then at some point you sing beep, beep, beep. And the kids go, now let's stop. Oh, okay. And, and they just get excited about it. <laughs> wow, that's great. It's, just, it's just really simple fun. Yeah. And then with my K through twos, I'm also having fun with your name is a song. It's one of my favorite picture books now. And at the end of it, because we're only in the second rotation, I have them make a song out of their teacher's name because they don't, I, we don't have enough time in the lesson yet for their own names. Mm-hmm. We'll get there eventually. And then when the teacher comes to pick them up, they get to sing her name or his name. And they seem to like that. And so nice. um, yeah, it's such a sweet book. If you haven't used it yet, it is just gorgeous.
0: I believe really it but i haven't used it yet so that's that's a great idea i like that a lot
1: yeah it's just beautiful it's just such a such a lovely sentiment too that like your name is so important and you know it was given to you by someone who loves you and you should sing it So I love that. And then we've also already started dabbling in like first and second grade with Sketch A Song, which is a free app where the kids choose from a a picture template. And then as they draw on the picture, it turns into a sound on their iPad. So I used that in first and second grade, this current rotation, just as a way also to just get them used to how to use an iPad, just in case they're not used to that technology. So it's a good training tool Uh and very intuitive. So it doesn't take Take a lot of explanation and they're getting used to the idea of tech.
0: And are they all on their own iPads? Or are you projecting?
1: I did. And this is something that I think is just my comfort level and it still mm-hmm. falls within our COVID protocols. But I did my first stations, this rotation just to train them, right. partially because I feel like stations, once they're trained is something that they can probably maintain, even if I were quarantined or even if I was sick. Right. So I want to make sure it's something they know how to do. And I actually set up my classroom specifically for like zones around the room. So I wanted them to experience those different zones. Like this is where the xylophones will always be. This is where all the technology will always be. So I had them in four centers this past rotation, this current rotation, really. And one of them was sketch a song. So I never had more than six kids at that station. So they were really well spread out and they've sanitized before and after they leave each station. So it's a lot of sanitizer, but then it allows me to only have to wipe the iPad at the end of that grade level. Wow. so that's how I managed that
0: okay very cool I like that yeah and you okay so I uh, yeah I have a few new uh activities that I've tried that I really loved I attended the cl- the responsive classroom training for special areas teachers I don't know how many of you listening have been to that it's a really great training and I attended it like right before COVID hit it was like February of 2020 and I was super excited and it was like me and a few of the other special areas teachers and we were really excited about what we were learning but then we got back to the classroom and we didn't have very much time to implement anything
1: because mm-hmm.
0: everything shut down so I found the um, responsive classroom for special areas teachers book this summer when I was going through my things and I got really excited like oh this was a great book I forgot I had this so um I kind of went through that and started wrapping my mind around how to do responsive classroom and then there's this whole idea of energizers with responsive classroom that these could be you know just like little activities you put in just to kind of like brain breaks you know or kind mm-hmm. of Builders. So I went ahead and bought the Energizers book, and I am so glad I did. It is like a goldmine of fun stuff. Like I thought, you know, I've been teaching for 23 years, and yeah, I might find a few things in here that I haven't seen before. But it was like every other page, I was finding an activity that I was like, and it's like a lot of them are super musical. So that's great. Yeah, very cool. So one of them was a roost-a-sha, which is just like a two-dita. So it's like a roostasha, a a roostasha, sha. A rooster shot, a rooster shot, a rooster shot, Thumbs up, and all the kids echo thumbs up, and then you say it again as you're moving your thumbs. A rooster shot, rooster shot, and so on. <laughs> and then you have all these motions. You add like th- at first it's thumbs up, then elbows back, then knees together, then toes together, then bottoms up. But I've also seen like head back, <laughs> hung out. Like you could do all sorts of things. Sure, that has been really fun. And then another activity in the energizers book that I love is called froggy and it's kind of an echo thing too where you say dog and the kids say dog cat cat dog cat mouse dog cat mouse froggy froggy and then you say it's a tiny -tiny little froggy and they echo, echo you jump 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 little froggy and then they echo you so it's just like this back and forth and you're supposed to actually add a pat clap pat clap to it. We can our yeah. way up to that. But second grade, especially, like I had a second grade class on Friday that they just like really latched on and they loved it so much. So it's like a really good way to just get kids echoing you. That's something that I have found my younger students struggling with a little bit, the echoing. Like they yes. want to dance with me instead of after me. It so- reminds
1: me of um iny meeny tasa meeny that one.
0: Yes, it was. Yes. City, I think yeah. Yeah, so that one was really fun and then I tried something because you know I have all these choice boards and last year when we were when I was virtually teaching, I was able to just like assign a choice board for a lesson.
1: Mm-hmm. But this
0: year I was like trying to wrap my mind like around like, oh, it'd be really cool to have first graders do this choice board. And um, I talked to another first grade teacher who was also virtual last year and we talked about it. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could put it into seesaw or maybe I could do this. And then she's like, yeah, they haven't even touched the Chromebooks yet. And I'm like, just trying to think of like, how do I even get them to the place where they're on a device and they're looking at the choice board you know what I mean? right so right great. and you know when I was virtual last year like it was easy because they had a parent there who could help them with it who could get them yep. with it. so that's been a little bit of a transition you know just like hard for me to figure out okay I have this really cool activity but how do I do it in person so what I did with the choice board is I just did it as a whole group and yeah I use my Ikea. I have this awesome spinning wheel from Ikea that I can link to in the show notes. It's super fun. And so I would just spin the wheel and they all know their magic number. So it has one through 24 on the wheel. So as long as you don't have more than 24, and if you do, I sometimes, I had like 25 in one class and I just gave number 25 a a term right away, (laughs) but I would spin the wheel and then call that number out and they would come up and click something on the choice board. And then we would do it. That's fun. And I would spin the wheel again and then another kid would come up. So yeah, they, they did seem to enjoy that. It was, it was a different way of doing it, but it was good. And then I've just had some adaptations to games. I think like, because I was virtual last year, I am probably a little bit more hesitant to do some things that are still within regulation, but it's just me getting used to (laughs) having kids in front of me. (laughs) Right. Right. So, I've done my bunny game, which I can link to that in the show notes too. Just that this fun little story that I, I play the piano, and once fun at times? There are a bunch of bunnies and they like to hop around, and I play hopping music and they hop around. Well, typically, they would. <laughs> hopping around the room and in my first rotation, I was like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Like, I don't know if they're ready for that yet. And I don't want them to get too close to each other and you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I had them make, and I actually did this virtually. So that's what made me think of it. I just had them take their two fingers and act like their hand was a bunny, but then they were still wiggling their nose and wiggling their tail and falling asleep and all that, but they weren't actually hopping around the room. And then like hands like this, that is an activity that I've done for years that I love. Um, where I have them like make a motion with your head and they make a motion, change a motion with your head. And there's this cute little drum part that goes with it. I just took out the move, the motion with your head. So I did hands like this, like normal, but I didn't do the moving part. So it was all like non-locomotor, like stationary movement. Mm -hmm. And it still really worked well without having them move around. So if you're in a situation where you can't really have kids like commingle (laughs) all that much, it still totally works. So I was excited to to kind of find that adaptation or figure that adaptation out. It's great. Yeah. All right. What about third through fifth grade?
1: Well, a few years ago at our state conference, the last time I attended OMEA, which was I think gosh, three or four years ago now, I went to a really fun music and technology workshop. And gosh, I'd have to look through my notes. And I feel bad that I don't have the person's name to give them credit. But they had this really great idea of using the instruments within GarageBand to teach like chordal structure. And it was a great way for upper elementary to also just show their ability to keep the study beat in in a way that didn't feel childish, right? So I've started making, again, like, My intro to using the iPad again. So it's a little bit of teaching the protocol or, or, you know, the norms in using the iPad, but then also learning a musical skill. I changed the key signature so that it matches the song Try Everything because Shakira apparently likes D flat. Good on you. Good on you, Shakira. Like, why? why does it have to be such a weird, weird key signature? But if you put it in there, then the kids can follow along. And that song is the song. Try everything from Zootopia is only three chords. So I just call out the chord when it changes and their job is to keep a steady beat until I call out the next chord and then change chords, but keep that beat going. So, and then again, they've sanitized before and after. So if I ask them to pass within three kids, we know that our hands started out clean. So they are sharing materials, but it's in a really limited way. Mm -hmm. So I teach the kids, the chord structure, and then it's like reinforcing the steady beat for older beginners, just in case, because we have kids coming from multiple perspectives. So I kind of feel like I wanted to make sure they were all (laughs) at least able to keep a steady beat, you know, at this point in the year. So it was a good way for me to just like quickly assess that we were all okay. And then they also were introduced to tech and they felt really successful immediately. So gosh, if I can find it, I really want to give credit to those people, but it was such a cool little workshop and I've used it every year since that. So shout out to them if they're listening and I haven't found their name yet, but it's just really helpful. And it's good to remember that like, you can just use GarageBand as an instrument. You don't have to use it for a recording tool, you know? And then I've been using the concentration game that some people might call Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Mark, but I, I like to call it music, music. I know our, our mutual colleague, Jason Bash likes to call it potato, potato, okay. <laughs> but basically whoever's running the game is whether it's me or a student, the person leading the game calls themselves music. So if you call them their actual name, you're out. And it's similar to King of the Mountain where you say your name twice, And someone else's and you're keeping it within the beat that the class is maintaining. And if you get out, you end up sort of at the bottom of the circle and there's a shifting that happens. So, and again, I have three feet apart spots on the floor. So even if they shift, I feel like it's still yeah. safe
0: to do. And well, what was that? I just said, yeah, that sounds really cool. So like they're the king of the mountain kind of in this game would be called music. And so it's called
1: music. Like yeah.
0: Alien, ailing, music, music to see if you can get them out.
1: Exactly. And okay. you know, there are so many kids in our classes that don't know each other right now. So oh. it's a really fun name game and we go around the circle first to the right just to make sure everyone at least knows the name of the person to their right so at least they know one person and then after that you can choose anywhere in the circle and if i have like two gias for example in a class which i actually do i let them choose then what their name will be so so that we don't have two gias so like yeah. for example the gias in my one classroom one of them always likes to be grande uh-huh. because she likes ariana grande and the okay. other one likes to be called joy because it happens to be like a family name. So yeah. So, so then if you call them Gia, you're out, which is great. So it's just kind of fun to add like those little elements to it. And some of the kids then end up going by their other name in class. They'll be like, don't call me that. You know, you're supposed to call me Grande. (laughs) So it just, it's kind of a nice icebreaker, get to know you kind of thing. And, and then with my upper kiddos, I think they were just really excited that they, they could pick up a ukulele, even though they hadn't all summer and already remember three or four chords. So the kids were just so excited that even the ones that didn't have them at home, I made sure I got that into our rotation right away and gave them a chance to play a little bit. And they, they just like beamed and were like, I know how to do this. I remember my fingers knew what to do. So yeah. So I feel like the ukulele has still just been like this, like just beacon of light because it's something you can do safely, you know?
0: Yes. That's awesome. And that's and really you? For me to go and put in ukulele soon. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Is that it? Yeah. That's a lot. That's awesome. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> oh, so, Okay. Some activities that have worked well for me with third through fifth grade, are the first in the first rotation, we are on an ABCDE <laughs> rotation. So like. Katie and I both taught one full rotation. So we saw all the classes once. And then we had two days with the next rotation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some of our classes have had one lesson and some have had two. So in the first rotation with third, fourth and fifth grade, I did a would you rather game because I, w- I normally do like this icebreaker bingo, but you know, and maybe this is again, me just being overly cautious, but I was like, okay, but they're mingling and I don't know how to control that. Right, right. <laughs> I um, did this Would You Rather, which was really fun. I got it on TPT and I can link to it. It's from Minds in Bloom. And the set comes with like tons of Would You Rather questions. And I just chose like, I don't know, eight of them that I really liked and put them into my opening slides for that lesson and mm-hmm. just went through them and read them and we discussed it and it was super fun. Like one of the questions was, would you rather have bright blue hair or bright blue teeth? And then another one, <laughs> which... Pretty much everyone said hair. Another one was, would you rather, this one was good. Would you rather get a thousand dollars right now or get $50 a month for the rest of your life? And a lot of the, most of the kids figured out, well, $50 a month is better in the long run. (laughs) Right. Right. Rather be a famous rock star or a famous author. What about you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you a rock star or a famous author?
1: I always wanted
0: to be cool enough to be in
1: a band. And all my friends that had bands just never asked me to sing with them. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know. I think I'd want to be a rock star.
0: I know. I, I thought about it. It's like I should be saying rock star because I am a musician. But, but you're also an author. I, I am also an author. That's true. So yeah, I've written for those of you who don't know, I've written three novels, none of which are published, but I have done it. <laughs> I, I they think easily I would,
1: could be published there. are wonderful. Be, I should do. well the one I read
0: was wonderful I don't think I've read all three no the other two are not that good but the third one <laughs> I might be able to get it published if I actually did something with it but anyway I think I'd rather be an author because I told the kids I said hey you could at least go to the grocery store without people recognizing you if you're a famous author but if you're a famous rock star you can't do that that is a true story. But
1: watching my husband, who is also a, an author, uh-huh. he is so organized. I think it would take the fun out of it for me. Yeah. His, well, he, it's also his process, but right. I think I would have to be the same way. So I don't know. I feel like there's like something freeing about being a rock star.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that was super fun to just have those conversations. <laughs> they really, really,
1: like- we're going to start
0: our own round of would you rather? Yeah. Right. <laughs> We'll just have a podcast episode. That's all Would You Rather. I know, um, right? But it was really fun and it was a good way to get to know the kids. And it's like some of the kids were really kind of like silent and stoic at first, like in, um, mm-hmm. in a weird way. And I don't know if it's because we have masks on and some of them maybe. Hadn't had me before, but as soon as we did the would you rather, they just like lit right up and had fun with it. I always great, yeah. I always love to do jump in, jump out, but this time I have put it into my second lesson too. Usually I do it just in the first lesson, but I put it in the second lesson too. So that was really fun to have the students tell me about themselves. So I I heard some really fun things. Um, and some kids that just got right into it, like my name is Alex, yeah, and I like science, yeah, I'm going to keep liking. (laughs) for the rest of my life, for the rest, oh, the rest of my life. life. <laughs> Super fun. And I can to that one in the show notes too. Um, I did uh, Sevens. So there's a video. I love the YouTube channel Splash Games. They have a lot of really great like singing games and stuff and hand jives. So I showed their version of sevens, which they go through really fast at first, but then they kind of break it down and teach you how to do it. Nice. So I had them watch the fast version of it. And then we talked about what do you think it's called sevens? And then I had them kind of learn it with the video. And that was super fun. So I'm going to bring it back into the next lesson um, and have them try to do it even faster. So That was really fun. And then like with third, fourth and fifth grade, I also did after they watched sevens and did a little bit of that, then I had them take a survey. So I put the survey in a Schoology and I can link to A copy of the survey if you want to add it to your google drive it's just a google form so they pretty much you know they told me their name their classroom teacher what they like to do in their spare time what they liked about music class last year and then what they would like to do in music class this year nice i had them fill out that survey which gave me some really good information and then with any time left over they played in chrome music lab and every single class everybody got to do a little bit of Chrome music lab. So that was really nice for the kids that were really fast. They got a little bit more time, but they had to to do after this. Oh,
1: so sorry. So to do the survey, were you using your own Chromebooks or did the kids bring them? I might've missed that.
0: No, I, I, my Chromebooks are still missing. I'm not sure where they are. (gasps) That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're somewhere in the district, I think. I'm still hunting them down. But oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I I got back to my classroom and my Chromebooks weren't there. And uh I found out that Nathan didn't have them last year either. He didn't even know about them. So I have to figure out, I have to hunt down the asset tags and figure out where they are, but I have faith that they will be found. Oh <laughs> but my I have screen Chromebooks and eight iPad mini. So I don't have enough for a whole class anyway. So, yeah, I had them bring the fourth graders, brought just their Chromebooks in their hands. And then the third graders, same thing with fifth grade. And then the third graders had the entire cart that the teacher wheeled down with them got it yeah so um yeah third graders had a little bit harder time logging in but still did pretty well so and i think it also served the dual purpose of like just getting them comfortable logging in you know, and kind of yes. the Schoology music course and that kind of thing. So that, that is my plan for the third rotation. Uh, and then um, I've done some quick rhythm assessments with Linda McPherson's games. I love Linda McPherson's games. I also love her as a person. She's just awesome, but I'm um, mm. super sweet, but she has these really fun games that are just like animated PowerPoints where you can like have students identify a rhythm pattern. And then like the fifth graders did the dancing raccoon one. <laughs> So they identified the pattern and then some pop music would come on and the raccoon would dance. Super fun. You can't see me right now, Katie, but I'm doing the little raccoon dance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any of these, so I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to be looking Uh, at our show notes.
0: Yes. And then like I did the splat one for fourth grade and then uh, what did third grade do? I don't know. Some other one. She's got all of these different themes. So they were all super fun. And it was, it gave me some really good information. I just had a little you know, pad a paper there that mm-hmm. I would just write down, like, which students didn't answer a certain question correctly. I got just it wrote down like who was absent that day. And then which kids were not answering the questions correctly. And if I could see next to a child's name that they had like five minuses, then I know they're really struggling, but they did yeah. overall pretty well with it. And it was, it just gave me some good information. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. What about activities that you're looking forward to, like in the next rotation or the next few rotations?
1: Yes. Well, last year I started working with our lit support teacher and and the first grade team because we had identified multiple crossover standards between the language arts fluency strand and the music standards for really melody and rhythm primarily, um, but also identifying like basic form and things. So one of the things we've been doing to already sort of prep that is rickety rackety. And just identifying the syllables in our name. So having the kids play the syllables on the drum. Yeah. Because that's such a big piece of it. But we had also taken some of the songs that songs and, and um, chants K through two that would be coming back. So a song like Apple Tree or The More We Get Together or BB Bumblebee. And I typed all those up and then they've been added to their poetry binders. Mm-hmm. So as as kids are using them in first grade, they can then like see something that's so well known and ingrained in their brain and kids that maybe are struggling with reading and fluency will be able to identify, oh, I already know this. and then follow along. So we started that work last year and I was just so energized by it that I'm really excited to continue that work. So the first grade team and I, gosh, I don't know when we're going to meet, but we're going to figure it out. And just one of the things that we're going to try to do is, is pick a book each month that at some point during that month, I'll use it and they will as well. So we might not necessarily use it in a way that we've planned for, but just having two different approaches to the same picture book. So, um, I, I just ordered my own copy of red leaf yellow leaf which I really loved last year when I was because I it had been a while since I had taught first grade because of traveling the schedule was heavier on kindergarten third and fourth grade so I kind of was coming back to my primary music roots and really fell in love with that book again so it was great for prepping ta and tt obviously but then just really liked that like that fluency piece of it. So I'm thinking that the first book I'm going to ask the team to use will be that red leaf, yellow leaf, because we're talking about fall anyway. One of the other ones we used last year was called Snow Dog, Go Dog, which um, is a great reading book for first graders in particular, because the rhyme scheme happens in the middle of the phrase, not at the end in a lot of it. So it was a really good one for kids because they're so used to like rhyming words only coming at the end of a phrase. And then I did like a sound story with it. So that was just such fun work and was so validating that they, they were looking to me for ways that they could bring music into their room. So it felt like real collaboration instead of, Hey, can you teach a song about leaves? (laughs) So really excited about that. And then I have to tell you I have this great story. So you and I both have used a Dash robot in the past. Mm -hmm. Mine was gifted to me by one of the teachers in our building. Her daughter wasn't using it anymore. Mm -hmm. And she knew because her husband was part of our district's grant foundation that I had worked with you on it. Mm -hmm. So she said, well, take this, this robot. Well, Dash had a really big update at the end of the summer. So my daughter had been using this robot all summer, having a great time with it. And then I brought it back to school and it's flashing red and flashing red, and I could not get it to update. I was so disappointed. And so I decided on a lark to contact the company and I was like, maybe it's a bad update. You know, like maybe, maybe I need to follow some other order of things. So I called the company. This was like the shining moment of last week because it was stressful in a lot of other ways. Yeah. One of the techs from the company did a zoom meeting with me and talked to me through it and was like, listen. They only last about six or seven years. It sounds like that's about how old your is. It may just have retired itself. And I was like, darn it. That's so sad. Yeah. And he said, but listen, I know how hard teachers are working. He's like, from what I can see in the background, you're a music teacher. I said, yes. And he said, you know, you're past your grant window for the most part. So he's like, I, it's my job to refurbish these robots as they come back to me. So he's like, I know you only had one, but what if you took three for free? And I said, what? sure. I'm not kidding you. This was like the highlight of my whole week. And I, I said, I said, are you kidding? And he is like, well, it's my job to get these, this tech in front of kids. That's what I feel passionate about. So he's like, I have them sitting at this warehouse. I know that when they die, he's like, they're refurbished. So they're not going to last six full years. But he is like, even if they get them through this school year, and then you need to write another grant. I'll help you write it in the spring. And I was like, my mouth was like, gaping oh open. I was like, uh, yeah, please send them to me. So Monday or Tuesday, I should be getting three dash robots. And I had already bought the xylophone attachment for mine. Uh-huh. And he was like, well, I have two more. So I'll send those. Oh so all gosh. three of my little dashes are going to have xylophone attachments okay. and he's sending them for free. Oh my God. So Way to go, Wonder Workshop! Yeah, that's like my shout out to them. They,
0: I'm excited to hear what you do with three versus one. You know, I'm
1: not sure yet. Although <laughs> I, I sent you that first video where I saw where they had coded them to dance in yes. like a synchronous way, and I was like, yes. oh yes, that looks fun. <laughs> yeah, <I'm going> back. <laughs> Maybe they'll maybe they'll um, do a round or maybe one dash will write an ostinato and the other ones will play a melody or something. I don't know. So fun.
0: I love I'm it. I'm just
1: excited that like yeah. the universe
0: was shining on me. Yeah. I'm going to okay, take so for it. For those of you who aren't familiar with, with what we're talking about, <laughs> a dash <laughs> robot is like the, this cute little robot that a lot of people do coding with, but you can also get this little xylophone attachment. It's really more like a block and spill, but it's okay. Um, yes. You can attach to the robot and they have like a xylophone app where you can like program songs into it and then also decide which direction the robot is going to move for each phrase or whatever. Yeah, so that's, I've done a lot with, with uh, that with students where they, you know, I program the melody of a song they know, and then they're deciding which direction he goes, but then they can also create their own melody. I've done that too. And they're then they're creating the melody and they're creating, you know, the direction or whatever. So, but there's like so much more that you could do with it. So that's super exciting.
1: And I have a few really techie teachers on the, on my fifth grade teaching team. So I feel like it'll be fun to keep the kids engaged, especially because our, our oldest grade in our building is fifth grade in our district. So, you know, they can be the toughest to reach. Once they reach, you know, get three fourths of the way through the
0: year and they're thinking about middle school.
1: I think that will, that will maybe keep them going a little bit longer. Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yes. And speaking of fifth grade, the last thing I was going to mention that I'm looking forward to is at the end of September, early October, I'm planning on starting a unit that you introduced me to Mm -hmm. um, that I've never actually been able to teach the Mickey Mouse haunted house unit or project. I guess it's really more of like a, almost like a PBL style. So yeah, um, just having the kids, I want them to learn about what a Foley is and then work in small groups to add sound effects to yeah. that video because I was just so excited. That was one of my personal favorite PD moments was when we took the class and you taught us how to do that. And then yeah. in groups, the teachers did that. I will never forget one of our colleagues like hiding behind a fake ficus tree <laughs> yeah. and like shaking it.
0: <laughs> and It's so funny because when we were doing that class, like we were literally next to like the lobby of the administration. We were
1: basically in a fishbowl,
0: like, right. It was like all glass. <laughs> (laughs) See everything we were doing, and probably hear everything we were doing, and like, in what other class would you have like people making you know sound effects? Oh, we had so many people
1: poking their heads, and like a very serious member of our district leadership team—he's like our chief operations officer or something—he walked in and was like, "Well, this looks fun." was (laughs) it really was like like it really brought the kid out in all of us so I'm hoping that it does for them too
0: and that project I should say was created by Katie Wardrobe from Midnight Music she that's awesome Yeah. She has a blog post that I will link to. And people who are listening right now, you may have been to one of her tech webinars because she has done a bunch of webinars about tech, like Google Slides and Seesaw and all sorts of stuff. So she's amazing. And yeah, I forgot
1: her last name. I knew it was another Katie, but that was so cool that you brought it to us. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: it's a really neat project. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? Well, with my next rotation, I'm going to have fourth and fifth graders exploring a little bit on blob opera, which I had a lot of fun with uh, teaching virtually. So I'm excited that they're going to, there's like a new update to blob opera where they can, you know, create music with the blobs, but then also choose a different part of the world to listen to folk songs from, and then like play with the blobs singing that song. It's so fun. Um, fun. if If you're not familiar with blob opera, I will link to that too, but it's One of my favorite websites. It's so fun. I am going to be doing centers, I think, in my fourth rotation uh, with two grade levels and maybe like the next rotation, I have two more grade levels. So I'm kind of chunking it up that way. So I'm excited to try centers. And I've decided with first grade and second grade and, and eventually with kindergarten too, you know, the students are so excited to play instruments that I am going to... I actually pulled out my Mallet Madness book. Do you have that? I don't know if I have that. It's Artie Almeida and it's a really great book like it just has tons of lesson plans that you could use like just as they are or you could kind of adapt into a different song or whatever so I just had this feeling of like okay what I'm doing with my upper elementary is like like I said they're you know maybe bringing a Chromebook card or bringing their own Chromebooks or whatever Mm -hmm. but with my younger students they're not quite there yet to be able to log into Chromebooks and I felt like you know we can't there are certain things that we can't do that we typically would be doing because Mm -hmm. of so I'm like, I need to do something else. What, what else do I need to do? And I was like, you know what? I actually was listening to Carrie and Tanya, their latest podcast on uh, music teacher, coffee talk, um, mm-hmm. did kind of a similar episode to what we're doing right now, where they talk through what they've been doing and what they've loved. And Carrie talked about getting instruments in hands of like, especially her younger students right away. Yes. And I like, you know what? I think that's what I need. I need more instruments. So obviously I'm going to have to think through the disinfecting and all that good stuff. But yeah, I want to do some lessons out of Mallet Madness and also like uh, some sound stories kind of like, I think you just mentioned a sound story where like you're telling a story and only certain, like I'm going to do it with the book. I got the rhythm where on nice. you know this page, only these instruments play when you say those words. And on this page, yes. those instruments play when you say that word. So uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to just try some new things
1: that's great
0: yeah it was fun to talk about everything that's working <laughs> it's you good know? to focus on what's working yeah it is because there's a lot of you know <laughs> uncertainty and difficulty right now so yes you always good to focus on the positive right
1: <laughs> there is a
0: lot that's working yes there is <laughs> all right you want to talk about what we're consuming <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, to keep my sanity, I, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like I need like comedies with heart. Like, you know, I I, I need things to be light Yes. and silly. And I absolutely loved Schmigadoon. I've heard good things about that. And, and, you know, I'm a musical theater kid. That's where my musical background really started. So I've been in most of the musicals they're referencing. So I was just just laughing and smiling through the whole series. And my husband, who is not a musical person at all, in fact, one of our like favorite dating memories to, to laugh about was after Defying Gravity and in, in Wicked, he stood up and was like, Well, that was a really good story. And I was like, Honey, this is what we call your halftime. Like it's intermission. There's still a whole nother part of the musical. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And he's like, but that was so dramatic. It was, like, so cool. I was like, no, there's more. Yeah. So so Schmigatoon is absolutely super well done. Very funny. Uh-huh. And equally funny and full of heart is Ted Lasso. Are you watching Ted Lasso? No, but I've heard really good things about that, too. What oh, my gosh. You would on. absolutely love it. It's I just... Yes, both of those shows are Apple TV. Okay. And then one of my favorite shows that's been on for a long time is Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it's just coming back. And it also just has that like, like heart at its core. You know, there's just like this wholesome element to it, but they're just such funny shows. And I feel like with all the stress we're under, And all the things we're having to think about in process, I really appreciated just like a good comedy.
0: (laughs) Yes, for sure. And you? Yeah, so okay, I have two two things. I don't think I've talked about this one before, but it's kind of along the same lines. It's just like light and fun. Miracle Workers, have you ever watched that? No. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It's with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, from Harry Potter. Yeah. And oh gosh, Steve Buscemi. Is that right? I think I love Steve Buscemi. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like, okay. so this is I want to say season three. So in each season, they have taken all the same actors and like put them into different roles in a completely different storyline. Oh, yes. So like the very first season was like Steve Buscemi was God and um, (laughs) and like Daniel Radcliffe and this other actress, they were like kind of like. If I remember correctly, they were kind of like navigating or like making things happen on earth. If that's okay. Yeah. So there was that whole story. And then in the second season, they were like in medieval times, maybe if I remember correctly (laughs) and the lead actress, oh, she's great. And I can't remember her name who kind of stars like, uh, you know, opposite of Daniel Radcliffe. She was like, pretty much like a poop scooper. (laughs) (laughs) With her dad, who was Steve Buscemi. So that was season two. I'm going to look up as we're talking right now just to make sure. Is there
1: anything like, is there a continuous thread? Like, do they have awareness that they're changing
0: roles? Like, are they the same soul or? No, no, not the same. It's just a totally different scenario. Like somewhat similar characters. But yeah, it's not like the same soul exactly. But yeah, somewhat similar characters. so
1: funny. What Um, is this on?
0: I think it's TBS okay yes okay I'm gonna look here just to see okay Daniel Radcliffe and then Geraldine Viswanathan is the actress who plays opposite of Daniel Radcliffe and then yeah Steve Buscemi and John Bass I don't know if it's John Bass or John Bass he is hilarious oh my gosh so fun so this latest season is uh Oregon Trail oh my gosh so and I'm like a little bit that's a little bit after my time like the Oregon Trail video game and all that but oh and that's fully mine yeah I was gonna say that's probably yours right so yeah so Daniel Radcliffe plays like a pastor reverend in Steve (laughs) Boucher's And they're going on the Oregon Trail and they got Steve Buscemi, who is a uh, he plays Benny the Teen and he is like a outlaw and they don't know that. That's
1: so great.
0: Outlaw. Oh, my gosh. It's just so much fun. It really is just so much fun. Um, and then the other thing, which is not quite as fun, but like, I love it. <laughs> is, um, and I think I've talked about this before is the spooked podcast. So, yes, I
1: think you have mentioned it because you like a good spooky I love podcast
0: good story. I really do. So that's been super fun. Now it is now like a paid, like you have to pay. To listen, so okay. seven or eight dollars or something, uh, through Luminary. It used okay, to, and I think there are some episodes you can listen to for free, but like, I'm a sure. person, like, I will just like devour the whole season, so I'm like, I'll just pay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> the next season comes out like this upcoming week, but there were, I realized that there were some episodes I hadn't listened to, so that's okay. Not. If you're looking for a good, like, a really like, I just listened to, there are two, it's like a two part episode. Called not Florence and the Machine, but Florence in the Machine. Oh. Part one and part two. And it's about this nurse who works in uh, like a heart, like a, you know, hospital ward for heart issues. And it's quite compelling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, just a quick note before we wrap this up. If you have not yet reviewed the podcast, I would love it if you did. If you go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a review and let us know what you think, that would be great. And in my next podcast episode, I will be talking about productivity hacks for music teachers. Exciting. Um, Yeah. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and talking through another crazy year. (laughs)
1: Thank you. I mean, I definitely feel better than I did an hour ago cuz we did really talk about the good stuff. We did.
0: We did. And I hope that the same is true for people listening that you Yeah, you, I hope so too. found an activity that you want to try.
1: All right. All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.